I'm Chris Ronzio. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Take a page out of other business leaders' playbooks and get candid advice from Chris Ronzio. People, processes, productivity, and how to organize your life around it all. Dive into this consulting session with Ben Gerster of Joybyte, a design and brand marketing agency. In this segment, Ben explains the challenges he is facing with hiring and expanding his team at Joybyte. The discussion transitions into determining what roles are needed in your company, how to craft good job descriptions, position titles, and candidate tracking. And today we're talking to Ben. Ben is from a company called Joybyte. Ben, what does your company do? We do custom software design and development, um, custom websites, and we um, do brand development and strategy. Awesome. So is it kind of like an an agency, a development shop? What category would you put it under? It's a little bit of both, actually. It's kind of a hybrid between the two. Um, We we emerged as an agency first, and then we started taking on more and more development projects and built out uh, our custom software development arm. So at this point, we kind of feel like a bit of a two-headed monster uh, with <laughs> the two different sides of the business. It's funny. I did the same thing with my consulting firm because we'd go in and we'd talk about process and we'd map out these workflows. And then we dipped our toe into development and said, well, let's hire a freelance developer to you know, put uh, make some little, little application or connect the dots between two platforms. And then that turned into, well, we could do this custom database table. And, and so I I totally see how you can go down that path. Um, yeah. where, where are you based? We're based in Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay. And how big is the team? Uh, we have 25 people in-house, and then we have a near shore development partner that has um, up to 25 developers that are working with us at any given time. Awesome. Well, congrats. When, how long Thanks. have you been doing this? Seven years. That's awesome. So you passed the, isn't it like uh, five years that most business, like 80% of businesses fail? So you're already past yes. that. Yes. Uh, so you've probably got a lot of tips and lessons for other people that are just getting started. I mean, what have been some of the, the biggest uh, challenges you've faced to get to this point? Well, I think that one of the biggest challenges is um, just going from being an individual that was really talented doing these types of projects and uh, delivering at a certain level um, of service and um, and then you know getting to a point where um, you know I started having to scale a team and having to have my uh, my team replicate those solutions uh, and those those same outcomes for me and getting other people to care as much or to serve your customers the same way that you would yourself um, was probably the biggest challenge and so um, for several years it really became an effort of building um, standards processes culture values and those those parts of a business that would help scale my unique approach. Hmm. Nice. Okay. So, you know, it's funny. I've, I've found that when you hire the right people, they care more than you do. <laughs> you know, they like whatever area of the business they're working on, they are so specialized that they just can put more attention to that. Did, did you start out as a developer or what, what's your background? 
Yeah, my background is in marketing and design. Um, so I, I went to school for both marketing and graphic design and um, in the process learned how to program and was building my own websites. And so uh, for me, I was able to really take a client through the branding process into the, you know, the digital design process and then ultimately develop their, their end website. Um, and then we've just expanded in the complexity of our development services. So so I find myself now in a position where, you know, we've got incredibly talented programmers that know far more about programming than I will ever be able to learn on my own. Uh, and so that's a, it's its own challenge is managing incredibly talented people in fields that uh, are not necessarily your direct expertise. Yeah, last week, actually, I had someone on that had 75 team members. And that was exactly what we talked about is how do you uh, train for a position that you know nothing about? How do you how do you know what's good or not? So it's definitely a challenge. So as you're growing the business, you said you're at 25 people today. What, what's your vision for the next couple of years? Well, our vision is that we want to be able to um, continue to build our team in-house. Um, we want to ultimately um, take on and build our own um, development team in Mexico um, where we can control the entire recruiting process. Um, and we, we really have started to find that our company has um, excelled the most when we are working with mid-size enterprise clients. And so we're really looking at building um, our processes and our expertise to serve that level of client and then even go as far as um, providing staff augmentation services for them. Got it. Okay. So the questions that you put in in advance were a little bit about just building the teams and how do you, uh, from a process standpoint, make sure that you're finding the right people and putting them in the right seats. Is that right? Yeah, correct. So, so how, why don't you tee up the issue for, for anyone that's watching? Yeah, so I think um, it's really difficult. I think the recruiting process is, is can be challenging. Um, you're putting out a basic job description. You're, you're putting your, your expectations for the role, the accountabilities and the proficiencies that you're hoping to hire for. Um, we find that we get a lot of very um, aligned applicants that fit those roles. So the process of sorting through that and really narrowing it down and trying to find the right fit not just from a culture perspective, but from an actual skill perspective. Um, and ultimately, you know, we've gone through good hires and bad hires. And um, as a small business, what, what's always really challenging is um, putting the wrong person in, uh, in the company and then depending on them and losing the time to train that person and then ultimately get to a point where you realize it's not a good fit. Um, yeah. It's been a really big hit for us every time we've had that happen and we kind of have to go back and start over um, and bring in the right people. Yeah, there's actually some stats around this. So the, the I have this slide in a presentation I do that says the Department of Labor, uh, Labor in the U.S. pegged this as 30% of someone's annual salary is what the the cost to the business is if they don't work out. And that's just in terms of the, you know, the time that you invested in the person, the time to get them out of there, get the lost productivity from whoever they were working with, the new person that you've got to backfill that role with. So it's a big expense. And I've seen that that fact rep represented in a, a few ways. So, so maybe what would be helpful is if for anyone watching is why don't we talk through just the stages of a recruiting process. And there's probably some best practices you've got that have worked and I'll just interject some of the things that we do and that I know other companies have done. So, so why don't we start from, from the very top, just kind of brainstorming the role. How, how do you go about that from the, from, you know, the inception of we need to hire this position? 
Well, at this stage, we're we're pretty clear about our organizational chart, and you know, we we are following a lot of the EOS principles, and so we we do know very clearly when we have a need on the team, um, because we have a future vision of what our team should look like as we start to take on more business, and we get those additional layers of management and accountability um, as we yeah. grow. So we we have a really good way of at least identifying that. Um, we we will project having a need in this particular area, or we currently have a need in in a, a specific area, and, yeah. and for us that just comes from a very clear vision about what kind of service we want to be able to provide to our customer because we're in the business of selling time essentially. Mm-hmm. We're building products, we're building solutions for them, but ultimately we're just, you know, selling um, resource, a resource pool to a customer and managing that resource pool to get the right output for them. Yeah. Um, so that's our big thing is we, we know uh, we are pretty clear about the roles that it's going to take to be successful in delivering the, the level of service that we want to deliver and carving out the responsibilities for that given role. So I'll share kind of how we've done it, especially when you're creating a role for the first time, it can be a little vague or ambiguous when you're trying to figure out what is the title, what are the things they're going to do. So we do the same thing with the org chart planning you mentioned. And a cool tip for everyone is I think you should try to do a org chart for the end of this year, for the end of next year, and for three years out. Because if you can see sort of the trajectory that the business is going on, you'll know not to hire some position that's really short sighted when that need that that same role needs to grow into this broader set of responsibilities next year. You know, so sometimes you want to hire for the thing you're going to need in two years or three years instead of just the, the you know, ordering snacks or whatever, whatever the thing is today, right? Um, it's funny, we're doing that right now with bringing on a uh, an office admin because it's such a vague thing. And you think, is this a receptionist? Is it an office admin? Is it an executive assistant? Is it a, you know, are they helping with some of our people operations? And so we've had to be going through this exercise of, of figuring out what's the org chart look like? And how does this person carry from today through the next three years? So that org chart thing is first great tip. The next thing we've done is we will dig around on LinkedIn and search different titles and we'll look at dozens of profiles to see how people talk about the job that they do, what skills that they list, because sometimes we'll learn something from someone's bio on LinkedIn that we hadn't even thought to put in the job description, but it's really smart. And so we sort of crowdsource our job descriptions by looking at, you know, LinkedIn profiles, by looking at other people's job descriptions on Indeed or wherever they post them. And from that, we're able to sort of narrow down to how to make ours different, exactly what what ours is supposed to do. So, So getting that job description is important. But then the next thing is we infuse tons of culture and fun into our job descriptions because beyond just attracting people with the right title or the right experience, we want from the highest level people to be self-selecting themselves based on the style of our, our posting. I don't know if you do something similar. No, I think that's an area that we could do a lot better and actually is, is letting some of the culture come through and help that filter it down for us. Like you said, I think a lot of times we're so focused on the skill set that we're yeah. looking for that we're not being critical enough about um, the type of personality. 
Yeah. And so, so this, the skills and the culture and all that, there's so many touch points through the recruiting and the interview process to weed people out and to figure out if they're the right fit. But I think the job description is your first introduction to skills and culture and everything. It's where you want to throw everything in and say, here's who we are as a company. And so I, anyone can look at our job posting. I think it's just jobs.trainual.com or trainual.com slash jobs. You can read through the ones that we have. Um, but we, you know, first of all, we talk about where we're headed as a company, you know, what, what category we're building, how, how we're uniquely positioned in the market. We talk about our recent fundraise. We talk about how quickly we're growing, how many positions we're adding, because we want people to have that context of, you know, do they like working at a small company? Do they like working at a company where there's frequent change? Do they like working at, uh, you know, in a tech, a really tech oriented type of business? And so we set that stage up front and then we put all the skills stuff like you should be able to do this and this and this. You should want to learn to do this and this and this because that speaks to what level of experience they're at. You know, we want to make sure that they're not underwhelmed by the role when they come in or overwhelmed by the role. So we try to anchor them to like, here's what you know how to do. Here's what you want to learn how to do. Here's the path you should be on. And then we get really into the culture and we put, you know, uh, all of our different values and what they mean. We put a link to a video that our, you know, uh, video team made to say like, here's three minutes of actually what it, is like to work at Trainual, interviews with employees. And so by the time people apply, you can totally tell if somebody is really bought into the job and the culture or if someone's just applying to 100 places. And so that makes the screening process upfront really easy. That's, so that's what we do a job description. Is that helpful at all? Yeah, that's super helpful. I think that's incredibly powerful, especially given the the video and some of the other um, elements that you're delivering there that uh, will also, I assume, set you guys apart too and kind of build some value around like how you guys approach running your business. So it's super helpful. Awesome. All right. So then the next thing we do is even to apply, there's, there's a set of questions they have to fill out, you know, so it's not a one click apply sort of thing. Um, and we'll change this job by job to say, you know, tell us how you would approach this particular problem or pick one of our six values and tell us a story about why it resonates with you or, you know, and it doesn't have to be anything that's a real high bar, but again, it's a screening tool to say, do you really want to work at Trainual or are you just looking for a job? Um, and, and that's, that's important to us that they put some thought into that. Um, this isn't anywhere on the application, but if anyone's watching this, that's trying to apply, uh, something I like a lot is when somebody has really done their homework and they say like, Hey, I read this article or I talked to this person that is a warm contact of yours, or, you know, I've got some, some connection into why I'm interested beyond just my application. That's really important to me. And if somebody messages me on LinkedIn or, or, or Instagram and sends a private thing to say like, Hey, I just want to let you know, I found your company like this. I applied, I'm super excited. And I hope I get a chance to meet you or something like that. Like that, again, they rise to the top in terms of our interview process. So yeah. I guess, I guess that's more of a tip for people applying to roles than, than us, but maybe just it's something you put some weight into. Yeah, something you recognize. Yeah. Do you use any kind of uh, tech systems for your your recruiting and and uh, candidate tracking? No. So this is something that 
you know, even if, if you're hiring one person a year, I recommend you have some kind of sequence. And I used to use Trello, which is free. And it's just got, you know, this list based system where you can have stages to say, you know, here's sourced candidates that like I've reached out to on LinkedIn. Here's people that have actually applied. Here's people that I've done a phone screen with. Here's people that I've invited to come to an in-person interview. Here's people that we're doing some like skills-based tests with. Here's people we've sent an offer to. And then here's like archived or hired. And that state, whatever, seven, eight step process is something that I think everyone should have some procedure for. Um, because at any stage of your business, you're going to be meeting people that could be great hires down the road for you. You know, you might meet someone at a networking event or at a coffee shop or at a wedding or whatever. And you're like, this person's awesome. And I'm not hiring a marketing role today, but I want to keep them on my list of like cool candidates that I want to reach out to. And it just reminds you to engage with those people. And then if you are actively hiring, you use all the other stages to take people through, you know, the, the sequence. Hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review or share it with anyone in your network that you think could use this information. If you want to connect with me personally, please text me 480-531-8411 or connect with me anywhere on social at Chris Ronzio. Or you can connect with Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. See you next time.